0: Welcome back in to another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. I'm Clay Sweet and the co-host as always and producer and sound engineer and everything else for the podcast is Jeff Lassette. Jeff, excited man to be uh, recording another episode, brother.
1: Yep, it's finally uh, filling. This is our busiest time of the year with football, but it's finally feeling like football weather woke up in about 48 degrees this morning.
0: Yes, indeed, man. The Lord has blessed us in South Mississippi with uh one or two of our ten or twelve good days of weather we get. <laughs> you right. So you we'll right take it, my man. We will take it. Uh and as you said, busy time of year, both locally, uh, statewide and then of course across this fine nation as sports are just uh in full throttle right now. Let's start uh closest to home as we always do. Um High school football on Friday night. Pickhuhn got a good win last Friday night. Had a tough opponent, in East Central, come in and Coach Cody Steigner and that staff. Cody got his first district win and get started one and zero with that. I think come from behind victory to win fourteen to seven against East Central.
1: Yeah, fourteen to seven, as you mentioned. And just uh, you know, talking to some people that's been there and was at the game and you know very well could have went East Central's way. Had some penalties. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Picayune had to come from behind and, and to, to get that. Uh, but penalties and, and things of that nature are always part of the game. So uh, it's how well each team on their perspective side overcomes that obstacle, and Picayune did it. Uh, 1-0 in the district, you know, 4-0 overall, but that magical 1-0 in the district is is where you want to start when you're in a tough district of that 5A like Picayune is. Yep, and staying inside that district, let's
0: talk – Pearl River Central football, uh, a tough loss really last week against Pascagoula. When you look at that district, Jeff, it's just going to be really tough to make the playoffs, period. It's just going to be tough to make the playoffs. And when you start district play 0-1, it puts a lot of pressure on uh, this week's ball game.
1: Yeah, it really does. You know, like, like I said uh, about the Picune win, you know, you're always looking for that first district. And, of course, it's always next-up opponent. You get through with this game. You look at film. You practice. You try better. Uh, you know, you try to get better, and you play that next opponent well. PRC's got Wayne County coming in uh, for homecoming this week. And with that district, Pickune, PRC, Wayne County, Hattiesburg, Pascagoula, Gautier, I mean, it just it doesn't get any easier uh, in that district, that 5A district is, is one of the, you know, almost one of the toughest in the in the south, maybe in the state uh, with that 5A rep. So, a tough opponent coming in to, uh, to PRC this week.
0: Yeah, Coach Owen and his crew got to get it turned around and get it turned around uh, fairly quickly uh, there for the Blue Devils. And then the team we follow each and every Friday night uh, got a big win on the road against St. Claus. Went to Bay St. Louis and was able to upend the Rockachaws and paint that record of one and three for Popperville. But as we said, that 0 and three record uh, was quite deceiving as they beat a 3 and 0 at their place in the Rockachaws. They'll now turn their attention to Forest County. Uh, AHS comes calling on Friday night to start district play in 4A, 6A, and 5A start district play a week earlier. Uh, than the 4A and lower classification. So that will be Popperville's district opener um, Friday night. And it's homecoming, Jeff.
1: Yep, homecoming. Got As you mentioned, Forest County, AHS coming into town. And uh, uh, some things just kind of shaking up in this 4A district. Uh, as you, you well know, uh, Popperville fans well know, uh, Green County is the returning uh, 4A, uh, this district, uh, champion from last year. So – uh, Summerall's getting a little better. Purvis is getting a little better. Stone's getting a little better. So this district's kind of heating up with these uh, with these teams in it. But what's good for head coach Jay Beach and the Popperville Hornets is they got Forest County at home, then they play Stone at home, and then they play Purvis at home. So you got a little three-game homestand right here to, to – to you know, get these three wins, and you're right there at your home home field, your friendly confines of the hornet, Hornets' nest, before you go on the road to face Green County and to end up with summer roll.
0: Yeah, and a pivotal game in that district, I believe, is going to be played on Thursday night. If I read that correctly, and that's going to be Purvis and Stone. Purvis undefeated, uh, Coach John Feaster and Stone with their talented a tailback from uh, just a year ago returning. He's now a junior. His name flips my mind at the moment, but he's a really good player uh, for him. So uh, that's a big game in that district that will be played on Thursday night. We'll certainly be taking a peek at it and uh, taking a peek around the state. You look, Jeff, uh, Oak Grove Warriors and what uh, Coach Causey, the head coach, and then uh, what the offensive coordinator and Russell Mitchell a PICU native have been able to put together. They're averaging nearly 60 points a game are the undefeated Oak Grove Warrior. That's just a note I wanted to bring our listeners. That is some kind of impressive for the Warriors.
1: Well, you there's a there's few things that you can uh, pretty much be a guarantee in today's time. Here in South Mississippi, you can set your watch uh, for the rain in the summer. At a specific time every day, you're going to get a little shower, things like that we know that's coming and a throwing quarterback, athletic quarterback, and a quarterback that can help put points on the board is something that the offensive coordinator Russell Mitchell is going to have on his football team. He's going to go find one, uh, you know, from the, the school and the, and the team and get him in there. And he's going to get one that can throw the football. Uh, you know, we've seen it in John Rice Pumley as well, uh, what he's doing up at Ole Miss. So he's going to get a he's going to get a throwing quarterback.
0: Yep, and they look to be hitting on all cylinders. Early in the year, so that's a program to keep a lookout on just a half a football away from winning a state title last year, and they picked up right where they left off and so Jeff, now let's turn our attention to um some things across the nation going on uh hockey let's talk hockey man uh the Stanley Cup was decided last night who took the Stanley Cup?
1: yeah, it was Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Lightning took the Stanley Cup and uh, you know, not really good news for a good buddy of ours up at Pearl River Community College who's a Dallas Star fan uh, and Patrick Oates. But a good – you know, what what has been going on, you know, and they're play, they were playing it at two different sites up in Canada with the bubble, similar to the NBA. Uh, zero, you know, positive tests. They've kept everybody together. Of course, they've had to be away from their families and do it. But in the end, the Tampa Bay Lightning hoist the Stanley Cup and get to bring it back home to South Florida.
0: Yeah, and that just sounds weird, doesn't it? Bringing the Stanley Cup <laughs> back home, <laughs> Boy, South Florida. Weird. How twenty twenty can you get, man? With a statement um, like that. And then Major League Baseball, Jeff, as we record on Wednesday, every uh, playoff series has a a, a game uh, being participated in, and so the slate is completely full today. The Braves actually first pitch here was at eleven o'clock this morning and won a thirteen inning affair, one to nothing, man. Is that just that's wild. Uh Freed and Bauer getting after it and just unbelievable pitching performance from those two guys and then the bullpen uh carried and then if the Braves are gonna win in a playoff, it might as well be a walk off from Freddie Freeman and that's what we got earlier this afternoon.
1: Yeah and and things uh of course with COVID uh going on in, in, in the world today and in the nation, some things are different. They've got 16 teams. There was eight teams that played yesterday, and then all of them returned today for game two for the ones yesterday, and then the NL started with game one today. Uh, so, like you said, a full slate of games uh, for the Major League Baseball. Right now I'm watching the Cardinals and the Padres playing in game one. And then tonight, I mean, what a, what a time to be sports fan. You got the first game of the NBA Finals, too, in the bubble in Orlando.
0: Yep, uh, LeBron James and the Lakers and A.D. Against what was really neat about being able to do this show, you have a guy like Josh Perry and on from from WLOX, uh, a local sports uh, anchor down for that station, and just ask him. Hey, look, I mean, he's obviously a super talented guy. Was named Sports Anchor of the Year for Mississippi and Louisiana. Uh, by the AP and just kind of got into that interview with him a few weeks ago and just basically said, man, what's your dream job? Like, what's this going to potentially lead to? And he mentioned uh, potentially working for the Miami Heat. And so I asked him, I said, well, give us a a lowdown on a report from the bubble um, of what it would take. And, man, he hit on all kinds of things that have taken place, and here the Heat are with a chance to uh, compete for – an NBA championship, uh, Coach Spo and that crew and Riley putting that team together and then Butler closing things out. Um, I'm such a MJ fan. I know that makes me a hater to just pull against LeBron. It's really not that this time, but I'd love to see the Heat take it. My son, for whatever reason, has fallen in love with that Heat team. And so uh, we're going to be pulling for the Miami Heat over here at the Sweet Residence.
1: Yeah, and they've, they've had people step up off the bench, Bench, too. Hero uh, came through uh, with the last series against the Celtics. They, uh, you know, got rid of the Bucks. The Bucks was the, you know, favorite, so to speak, coming out the East. Uh, best record in the NBA. Of course, two-time MVP. Uh, Giannis on the other side. And then they get rid of the Celtics. And now you have LeBron versus basically what everybody's talking about is Pat Riley because he went with the Heat. And then he left the Heat, went back to Cleveland to win the championship. So everybody's talking about this little uh, matchup between LeBron and Pat Riley, uh, which Pat Riley doesn't play, of course. He's going to be up in the executive suite, but should be a good series. And it's, you know, this could be kind of the cement level uh, to, or series, if you ask me, for LeBron. Where does he stand, win or lose, with the so-called Mount Rushmore of the NBA? Yeah, love
0: him or hate him, man. If you can't respect him and appreciate uh, what he's put together and his consistency, then I don't know what more uh, the man could do. He's been unbelievable, and his consistency and uh, what he's done Uh, here in the bubble has been a lot of fun to watch. So that'll be fun. Jeff, we've got, as we've mentioned, just all kinds of things to keep an eye on, something we'll be keeping an eye on locally. Uh, tomorrow night, the Pearl River Community College Wildcats uh, tee it up against the defending national champions. And we're going to be lucky enough to get both head coaches on the podcast. So that's something exciting uh, for us and I hope exciting for you as a listener is you'll hang in and you'll get a chance to hear from Head Coach Jack Wright of Mississippi Gulf Coast Bulldogs and then also Seth Smith of the Pearl River Community College Wildcats.
2: Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital, and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we offer a wide range of healthcare options. From our internal medicine clinic, to advanced surgery and emergency services, from the Highland Center for Women's Health, to our primary care and pediatric clinic, our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your
0: family. We are fortunate enough tonight to be joined by the head coach of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College Bulldogs, Jack Wright. Jack, thanks for taking time for the podcast tonight.
2: Uh, thank you again.
0: Coach, when we look at it, there's been uh, such a delay, man, and um, the expectations all built up. But you get to play one tomorrow night. Y'all excited?
2: Very excited. Very excited. Um I told somebody today, you know, there were some times this summer where it didn't look good. You know, it didn't look like we were going to get a chance to get out there and compete. And so uh, I'm just really fired up and and I'm fired up for the kids. Really, I am. Um, If we hadn't played this year, you know, if Lord willing, I'll be coaching in 2025 somewhere. You know, I'll still be around the sport and getting my fix in and and uh, we'll have a chance to compete. But the players that we have, you know, they have a a two-year window here to play junior college football and and they've worked so hard and and we've promised them a chance to play so i'm really really happy for them um and that that's just the honest
0: truth coach when you look at it with the delay how i in my prep i had to look twice to make sure y'all were the defending national champions just because it seems like the end of that football year has been an eternity does it feel like that to y'all
2: It's been a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. Um,
2: Typically, I'm just used to having players around me all but, you know, really part of May and June. And so other than that, you're just coaching football. And so it did feel really strange uh, not working out in spring football and finding ways to compete and get better, you know, year round. It, It was a different, different preparation. It really was. It was very, very
0: strange. Coach, when you look at it, I mean, if you had to have a delay and you had to uh, not play games till later in the year, I guess coming off a national championship uh, is a good way to kind of sit tight. If you had to sit tight, huh?
2: Well, I'm I gonna slightly disagree with you there, man. Um, you know, coming off the title, we we had a little momentum, and and just to kind of let you know what that means, you know, when you come off the title, you can work your team really hard in the offseason. season. You know, uh, they feel like they're fortunate to be here and, and want to compete and, and have that same feeling. And, and I'm saying that just to say, you know, back in February and March, I felt like we had a lot of momentum. You know, we were we had workouts were going great. We were gearing up for spring football, and and actually did get two practices in before the lockdown. But um, we have had to kind of ramp back up. And unfortunately for us, we've got a few guys coming back, so they know what that means. But um, but it was it's a lot more energy. Um, Than you would hope, that you know you hope to kind of keep that train rolling from March on on into June. But um, we had to kind of get it cranked back up,
0: coach. And you you're certainly allowed to disagree with me, man. You've won a, a national championship at two different community college. I don't think that that's been done. So um, you're certainly the expert on that. When you look at the roster makeup, coach, do you try to keep Kind of keep it balanced where where it's half and half, and then you mentioned some guys coming back. How much does that help uh, you to to teach the freshmen exactly the the standard that y'all want?
2: Anytime you can return sophomores in JUCO, um, obviously major major advantage. You know, um, so we've got some coming back, uh, but you know we've got we've got to replace a lot of guys. It's not unusual. Um, but yeah, kids just play faster as sophomores. They just do, they they understand the game better. Um that that year of experience as a freshman is just invaluable in those guys. So yeah, it's very
0: important to bring to bring some guys back. Coach, you say play fast. We record out of Pick Union and of course out of um Pearl River County here. Tell us about Cam Thomas and how he's looked uh from you who was just a sensational player there for Pickune and I was just interested how he's translated over to your program.
2: Yeah, Cam. Uh, Cam's one of those guys that we, we need to see, you know, when the lights come on. Um, at our level, man, if you let those guys go full speed all day, every day of practice, you, you just won't have anybody healthy by the time you play. And so we have to kind of hold the reins back on those guys. And I'm saying that to say, you know, Cam hasn't been live at our place, but only a few times. In practice, and so it's kind of tough to judge a running back. You know, when defense is just kind of sure. tapping off on them, and they have a good angle, and uh, it's easy for us to, as coaches to say, "Hey, that was a tackle." You know, good job, kind of holding off. But many times, as you know, just because a, a guy's close to a running, a talented running back, that doesn't mean it's a tackle. And yeah. so, you know, really, we just we got to let him play. We got to see what he can do when the ball's in his hands uh, tomorrow night when when bullets are live.
0: Coach, we we asked that, and then my next thought, a guy that was near and dear to a lot of our listeners, and Austin Bolton, and then um, moved on to Alcorn State and, of course, the SWAC sitting this out. But how special a guy was he to you, Coach, and, and to that program? And it was just so cool to see him have the night he had on the national stage for that championship game. But just kind of tell our listeners what a privilege it was to coach Austin
2: yeah Alston was a was a, a very um obviously he's a talented running back and that's what people see uh when the when the, when the balls in his hands they see how talented of a running back he is but what a great kid a leader for our team mm. um he was academic njcaa academic all-american you know with like a three point eight five or something like that and and he took some serious courses over here um while he was at at gulf coast so man just met and exceeded every challenge that you could that you could uh put in front of him and, and wherever he goes, I don't care if he gets into uh being a lawyer, attorney, um, coaching, whatever he gonna be, man, he's gonna be at the top of his field. That's just kind of the way he is. And, and he's gonna highly respected, people trust him and, and just really excited uh, to see the future for Austin, um, even when football's
0: over. Absolutely coach when you won uh we mentioned both of those national championships on the community college level you've had two special guys uh behind center tell us about kind of that makeup and what goes into um those two guys and 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 what it is to to be a winner at that position
2: yeah i, I think there's a couple of things that really both of them had in common um and the two that that really kind of supersede everything is, number one, they were a coach on the field. And and when I say that, um, what I mean is they could apply the offense. So it's easy for us as coaches to get up and, and draw a scheme on the board and say, hey, if they're in cover three, you want the ball to go here. Uh, if it's man-to-man, you want the ball to go here. Um, those guys understood that at a very deep level. And, and, and it's very hard to trick those guys. You know, um, they always kind of knew – how the defense was going to defend them. So I think both of them, you know, really study the game, really watch film, they really love the game, and, and they're a coach on the field. The other one is they're very accurate. Both of those guys are extremely accurate. Their completion rates are incredible. And, and that kind of plays into the previous statement, but, you know, I can get out there and know that it's cover three, and I can get out there and know that it's man-to-man, and I can't get the broadside of a barn. Regardless, if I know what the coverage is, these guys have pinpoint accuracy, and so I think those two things really. Having spent a good bit of time around both of them are the two that are really kind of are strong characteristics that that really made them elite quarterbacks. So, and there's other ones too. I mean, you know, they're very tough. They're coachable. They're, they're leaders. They have the intangibles. What people don't see is what's going on behind the scenes. Um, I remember having chance on campus all spring 2019 leading up to the season and he would get out there and just throw routes with those guys 20 30 minutes every day you know until the receivers really just couldn't do it anymore and um so just a lot of work and a lot that that leads up to having success you know on Thursday night that people they just don't see it
0: so coach saying that is it when you're trying to to replace or a guy leaves a void like that as a coach does it does it make you nervous or like how do you approach the the
2: next guy in line to try to take those snaps. Yeah, I mean, that's part of coaching at this level. It is very nerve-wracking this time of year. You don't really know what you have. And that's not just a quarterback. That's anywhere. And There's a certain level of of jealousy that I have for coaches at the four-year schools and, and even really good high school coaches that have been able to cultivate their players up through their junior high programs. You know, they know what they've got. You know, they know, they may not know exactly what they've got, but they're pretty, they can have a pretty good close guess what they got. You know, here, these kids have been here for five weeks. You know, I mean, I know what they were in high school, but they've never yeah. played against uh, the level of talent they're about to, to see tomorrow night. So, um, you know, you got your fingers crossed. You know, you're wishing for the best, but, but we got to go play. We
0: got to see, we got to see where we're at. Coach, you mentioned having kids for that short period of time you've had. Uh, two or three new guys added um, to your staff as well, the way that y'all have been able to, to mesh and um, the current state of your staff there.
2: Yeah, um, you know, we have replaced uh, – we, we have some some positions for young guys, and we lost all of those guys from last year. They did a fantastic job. But as you can know, you know, as you get older, you need to make more money. And, and so they've moved on in an attempt to do that. We've replaced those guys um, – and we're proud of the ones we brought in. We've got Nick Beasley here from, from the Jackson area, played at Cole in Middle Tennessee. We've hired uh, Coach Bobby Pigpen and Coach Randon Knight, who have a bunch of Mississippi ties. You know, they, they, they know a lot of people in Mississippi, which is important. And they've done a really good job. You know, those young guys um, really do a great job of just relating to the players and kind of getting the message through in, in a way that they can understand. Sometimes the – the head coach can say something uh, and, and know what he – he knows what he means but the players sitting there scratching their head. You know, so those young guys do a better job of breaking it down and putting it in their in their language and, and making sure that they, they follow through on, on what we expect.
0: Yeah, and Coach, the job that y'all have on the community college level, when they took the district away, man, I don't, this may be one of the toughest jobs just because of the recruiting aspects trying to cover the whole state Going to Alabama or Florida, or maybe still a guy or Louisiana, Georgia. So, man, y'all have got y'all's hands full. Uh, we were talking before we started recording how important having a good staff is because y'all have got a lot of ground to cover.
2: Yeah, we and we do. We have a good staff. I've said this publicly. Um, that, you know, we got myself and, and five full-time assistants here, and and I honestly feel like any of, of the full-time assistants that coach here at Gulf Coast on our staff could go be a head coach just about anywhere in our league and I'm, and do really well. I mean that. So I'm blessed. And the, those guys work really hard. And um, the thing that I'm really appreciate from them the most is, and I see this, they, they coach their guys, just like they're their own kids and that, you know, we don't take it easy on our guys, but they coach from a position of love, you know, and, and that our guys really respond to that. And so um, I'm not going to sit here and take, you know, credit for, for a lot of stuff when I know the amount of effort and energy and and the common sense approach that our assistant coaches take with these guys every day. So that's uh, just a public way of me saying, you know, showing my appreciation to them.
0: Coach, you talked about, you know, just having a short time with the kids. We know coaching staff love to get in and, and look at tape and be fully prepared, but you're going to take on an opponent tomorrow. I mean, you've seen what his high school uh, Tates and what they did, but don't have anything to go off of community college-wise. How nerve-wracking is that to, to face a guy? You know, you would think that Coach Seth Smith on the other side would have some nerves going, but you don't have any huddle. You don't have anything to kind of review or to go off of, whether it be in Seth's ball game across the way from you as well.
2: Right. Do, do you guys know what
0: they're running? Can y'all tell me? <laughs> Hey, look, I tried for you, Coach, and it wasn't. <laughs> look, he would – I saw a quote yesterday where somebody asked him about schemes and he wasn't gonna get into it. So I tried to pry it open tonight and he wouldn't go there.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm disappointed in you. You should have tried a little harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we, we really don't know. We don't know. You know they have they have an advantage there for sure. So
1: it's it's tough.
2: I mean, I've been in this situation before where you just don't have a lot of tape. And um, what you got to do is just figure out what your guys do well you know, and, and that's not easy in this situation. You know, like I told you some of these guys have been under the lights before and uh, it's tough to, to get a true evaluation. And we've only had them here five weeks. Typically they would have been here for the whole month of July and then another two to three weeks for training camp. And, and then you go into a division game like Pearl river, you would typically have at least one or two non-division games under your belt. So, I mean, it's, it's really a different year. I mean, I know we all know that, but, uh, It's just another way, just another thing to point at and say, man, this is weird. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Coach, we know you've got a a lot on your plate and a lot going on. We appreciate us being able to steal some time for you tonight. Thanks again, Coach. Yes, sir. Anytime.
2: The Greater Pecuniary Chamber of Commerce provides the tools you need to succeed as a business owner and community influencer. As a member of the chamber, your commitment has personal payback. The Chamber offers numerous opportunities to get involved throughout the year, whether it is through networking events, committee involvement, community programs, or special events. By taking advantage of the Chamber's resources, your business can develop and thrive. Visit us at greaterpicunechamber.org or drop by our office, which is located at 201 Highway 11 North.
0: Joining us. Now is the head coach of the Pearl River Community College, Wildcat, Seth Smith. And, Seth, man, we're about 24 hours away from uh, your debut as a college football coach. How's that sound?
2: Man, it sounds great. Just, uh, you know, not being cliche, but just, just really excited, Clay. I mean, high school, junior, high our college, it really wouldn't matter. I'm just happy to be coaching in a football game, get back to some normalcy.
0: Yeah, and Seth, the delay uh, with y'all, I I know you're a guy that looks for positives. Maybe a positive is giving you some extra time with your club before y'all got one that's going to count tomorrow night? Oh, that's exactly right, Clay. So for us, obviously losing the spring was so big because
2: you getting this job when we got it started in January, we didn't know any of these kids. So the only way to evaluate them, you have to practice. Well, when practice was canceled, you couldn't evaluate so you really had no idea who you and i'm including freshmen too you had no idea what you had coming back or what you had coming in so for us to have seven weeks to prepare hopefully gave us a great idea of what we had and gave us more time to put kids in a position to hopefully be successful
0: Seth, when you got the job you talked about recruiting locally and of course um, within what what I still call the districts. I know there aren't any more districts, but when I look at this roster, uh, y'all's first class or half a class or whatever you want to deem this, you certainly accomplished that, huh?
2: Yeah, I feel like we did. So, for me, you know, I'm not very smart, so when you're not smart, you got to lean on common sense a little bit. And if you go back <laughs> to December, when the state championships were played, if you look at the South State games and the state championship, you know, you had you had five members of our district either play in a south state or state. So, I mean, that kind of says it all. You don't have to go to Nebraska to find a football player. They're around us. Now, it's up to us to make sure we compete against these other schools who do a great job
0: and keep these kids in district. Seth, when I look at this roster, you mentioned those teams that had great success in high school. Look, your your team having great success for high at the high school's is part of the reason you are where you are now at East Central. What's some guys on this roster that maybe they didn't, you know, their program, uh, for whatever reason, um, just wasn't in in that caliber of play, program wise. But the youngster maybe was a diamond in a rough. Who's kind of jumped out at you through these first few weeks of practice? All right, first name that will pop out will be a kid, uh, Chris Holyfield. I mean,
2: he honestly was just a blessing. Good Lord, bless us with this one. Uh, kid from Mobile, he's a running back. Now, and you got to remember, now everything I'm telling you is based off us going against us. So we may get out there Thursday and you're like, well, he told me. So, <laughs> and I'm telling you,
0: hey, well, don't know. Look, this thing like, ain't recorded and nobody <laughs>
2: listens. It's just me and you and Jeff talking, Seth. But all right, but the Holyfield kid, man. Look, you know, obviously Tony Brown, one of the best players I've ever coached. But mm. this kid, honestly, is that good. He's a little faster wow. than Tony. But he's just as shifty. So, again, hopefully we'll do a good enough job of getting him to ball tomorrow night. And, and, and hopefully he won't make the fool out of me. He'll, you'll, you'll see that this kid has some ability. So, Holyfield will be a kicker. He came from a program, no disrespect, that you know, had not had a lot of success. But he was a really good player on that team. And we were fortunate enough to get him. And, and hopefully we'll do a good job tomorrow night of, of putting him in position to have a little success.
0: Yeah, listed in the program at 510-181 out of LaFleur High School and there in the Mobile area. Seth, what part is – I mean, you kind of mentioned being able to find a kid. That's not something you can do in in high school, I guess, if you're following the the rules that high school should be following. Has that been cool, man, to be able to kind of go shop for your own groceries? Yeah,
2: man, you know, look uh – and, and, and I, man, the good Lord has blessed me so much throughout my career. I've been able to coach some great. I really have been. It, you know, but, you yeah, know, one of the big differences in high school, you know, you just get the you get the hand your are dealt. Well, what's cool in college, you get to go pick your own hand. You just better make sure you pick a good hand. But, yeah, so that's definitely definitely a, a, a different, but, but a different that's kind of neat, you know.
0: we know the energy. I mean, I think everybody, just even looking at media day, the yesterday and the day before, sees the excitement um, coming out of the program from the kids and and from yourself. We knew you were going to bring that. What are some other things that we can expect? I saw on one of these questions you wouldn't kind of give any schemes, but what can we expect offensively and defensively from this Wildcat club? What will y'all look like? Man, I, I hope you just
2: see a big bag of effort everywhere. I just hope you see kids flying around. You know, that was our MO in high school, and it will be no different here. Every kid on this field, whether it's with us or the other team, is going to have a bill. You wouldn't make it to this level if you didn't. So that's the fun part of coaching. It's your job to help a kid become something greater than he even knew he could be. Well, to do that, you got to elevate his play. You elevate his play by how hard he plays. So – if you can simplify things within your scheme to where the kid don't have to think and then you just let him go play hard, you hope it gives you a chance against to to anybody. So we're, that, that that is the hope moving forward, that you will see a team that can make this community and this college proud by the way they play and how hard they play.
0: Seth, when you look at it, when you describe that, we've always kind of Jason and I and Jeff, like, want to see a team almost calm and cool before a kickoff, almost not too geeked up. But it seems like you go the other direction. Let them be geeked up and, like you talked about, kind of take some of the thought process out and fly around the ball. Is that fair? It's fair, but, but I want to
2: make sure the energy thing don't get skewed. So I'm going to tell you why I'm such a big proponent of that, all right? It don't matter what you do in life. If you go out and you're excited about it, you're going to, be, you're going to try hard, and you're going to try hard really without even trying hard. It'll come natural. If you go out and you're flat, you're not going to get your best effort, all right? And then here's the other thing. These kids are young. So you try mm-hmm. to rely on them. Listen, baby, you're going to walk this earth one time. The good Lord has blessed mm-hmm. you with a great opportunity, and you got ability. Go have fun. Don't waste this by being so uptight and worried about making mistakes. Just cut loose and go play hard and have fun. You know I mean? Because it really ain't rocket science. Now, again, you may watch this tomorrow night and think, well, you better make it rocket science. But we're going to go into this thing with the same mindset we've always had. Just play hard, have fun, and do your job.
0: Jeff, fortunately, man, the Popperville faithful that we follow on uh, Friday night follow the podcast. Can you give us uh, an update on Antonio and Mario and how how they fared for you?
2: Yeah, man, two great kids. Obviously come from a great program. Coach teaching and them do a tremendous job at Popperville. Uh, Antonio slated to start that corner. And then Mario, you'll see him plenty at HVAC. Man, just really two great human beings and really good football players. It's kids like that that you hope you can keep around that will help, you know, solidify a program that can
0: last year after year because you can win with kids like them. Man, they both have beautiful smiles, too. Just light up a room, don't they? Great kids, man. They really are. Fun guy. Seth, talk to us. I see you on this roster as well, man. You brought some East Central guys uh, with you. How does that kind of help? They they know what the culture should look like. How have they kind of helped in the transition? All right, really,
2: you just kind of nailed it, honestly, Clay. Is, is, all right, so another difference is this. Really, even than a four-year university, we made a living off developing kids at East Central. We're still going to try to do the same thing here, but it, with a in two. Everything is expedited faster here because you don't have them as long. You know, luckily we had them for seven weeks, but usually you wouldn't have two or three before you went and played. So I, we felt like it was important to bring kids in who already knew what we wanted because now you can use those kids as visual aids throughout practice. You can say, okay, this is how hard you play. Watch him, that type of stuff. And, and
0: I think it helps us. No, I was just going to get you to walk us through your day tomorrow. It's like, what that look like? Game day, are you a real big routine and schedule guy, or will the day just kind of come to you? Or What's kind of your day going to look like on game day?
2: Well, I hate to be boring, but it'll really be this simple. I'll sleep very peacefully tonight. I'll wake up tomorrow excited, but I won't do anything anything too exotic. I mean, this is going to be very boring and maybe corny, but at this point, when you've prepared as long as we've prepared, I will sleep peacefully knowing we've done everything we can do. We're either going to win or lose. And if we lose, it ain't going to be because we didn't try hard to prepare. So uh, I had been one of these guys who just is a nervous wreck when I go to bed. And hopefully that's because of preparation. Now, if I wake up Friday morning miserable, then I'll have to look back and say, okay, what should we have done better? But as right now, it'll just be an normal day.
1: I know there's – uh, preparation for Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is pert week. Of course, it's big around, uh, you know, junior college. It's typically in a normal year. It's a little later in the season, but it happens the first week this year. Just some things that you, film-wise, looking and studying for Gulf Coast. I'm sure you watched the national championship game that they played in last year. Just some things you see uh, for Mississippi Gulf Coast.
2: Yeah, not blowing smoke, honestly. I mean, this, Coach Wright. Is obviously a phenomenal coach. I mean, he's about the best in the business. He won state championships, national championships, and the thing that was clear when you press play, man, golly, you know, their their defense played so hard, and and you know, so uh, throughout your career, you can beat some teams with talent because you can play harder. But it can be a booger sometimes when you match up with a team who has talent and plays hard, and, and they they do that so. This is kind of what I've said throughout the week, and I mean it. I'm really glad we're playing them first because they're the standard, not just in our state but in the nation in junior college. I mean, they're the best team in the country. So if they are who you want to become, what better way than to find out immediately how far you got to go or maybe how close you are to that. We will know – we will leave this game with a great measure stick. We just hope that stick ain't too long and and maybe, maybe, uh, you know – Maybe the gap
0: won't be too wide. We'll see. Seth, your staff, man, the way that uh, that they've adjusted, the way that they've supported and uh, gotten your your youngins ready for this week. What can you say about your staff going into game day
2: tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Just honestly, I mean, proud. Really, I mean, not that you know, they're you know, just 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 proud and appreciative. I'm gonna tell you another thing that is different about this than what I'm used to. There's a lot more other stuff that I have to deal with now, which is okay, which is okay, but that takes away from some of the practice preparation and stuff like that. So, you know, I've always been kind of a micromanager, so this has been good for me to say, hey, i got to trust these guys. And, and they've really done a phenomenal, I mean this, a phenomenal job of making sure everything's organized, making sure there's great flow, great structure. And, uh, again, hope all the work that they put in tomorrow night, I hope will be able
0: Seth, man, we can't thank you enough. There's, uh, we know there's a, a bunch that you could be doing tonight to uh, be able to steal some time from you, Uh support it from Jeff and I. So we appreciate you, Steph. Good luck tomorrow night. Well,
2: fellas, anytime I can talk while with y'all, I'm going to do it. Thank y'all for having me, brother.
0: Thank you, Seth. Good luck, bud.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye.